Trending now, Putnam County's budget. This is Ben Rogers. The county has roughly six weeks to finalize its new fiscal year budget. As the community grows, the needs in that budget also grow. Today, we go inside the county budget with County Mayor Randy Porter and Assessor Property Steve Pierce. Welcome, guys. Mr. Rogers, Hello. thank you for having us on Thanks this morning. Thanks for being thank here. Uh, today, we really wanted to just discuss the budget process and let the people know how our budget works. So I, in Putnam County, I know we operate under the general law, which basically leaves the county mayor, you as a CEO and CFO of the county. Right. And I know that you are responsible for several funds within right. the county, uh, excluding schools and highway. But we also want to let them know what, um, how the budget committee is formed. So one of your tasks as county mayor is to appoint the budget committee. How did you get that task? Each county is different, Ben. Yeah, depending on how it was set up with our rules and regulations in Putnam County, the county mayor is always appointed the budget committee. With the budget being the most important thing, I think, that county commissioners do, and even written in the, into the law that in TCA that they're responsible for approving the budget, the key to the budget committee, I think, is making sure that we have county commissioners that have the time to put into the budget committee. It's It's a lot of time over several months. And to have folks that are knowledgeable when it comes to budget, uh, picking the right people. We have some good county commissioners, um, and I think it helps if the county mayor can pick those folks and folks that he can work with and then kind of mix it up, too, so that you've got uh, different uh, representation across the county so that each end of the county is represented when it comes to the budget process. As a consultant with the University of Tennessee, I work with several counties in Upper Cumberland, and each county is different. Some counties allow their commission to appoint the budget committee, and some allow their county mayor. So we, we allow you to do that. We appoint nine members to the budget committee, and those members are Cindy Adams. She's from the 5th District, Teresa Tays, 4th District, Darren Wilson, 11th District, Mike Atwood, 12th District, Chris Cassidy, 6th District, Grover Bennett, 7th District, Jim Martin, 2nd District, and Jonathan Williams in the 1st District. So now we know who our members are. A nine-member committee obviously takes a majority vote of those nine members right. to recommend a budget to full commission. And we have those six weeks. We look to uh, pass that budget at the end of July. Let's talk about that process in Putnam County. The county commission approves the calendar in January. Right. And at that point, your next pro your next step is to send out letters to the officials. Yeah, we have a process that we start in, in the first part of the year when we start looking at, at budgets. One thing I'll say about the budget committee that I applaud the county commission for doing, previous to this year, you were only allowed to serve on the budget committee for two years in a row, and then you had to step off. That was not good, and, and the commission passed that and changed that so you could serve multiple terms because what happens is we get someone like you, Ben, that your day-to-day -day job is working with counties uh, with budgets we want you on the budget committee every year. We have some other folks. We've had CPAs, uh, folks that are in business that, that deal with numbers on a day-to-day -day basis. Those folks you want to be to be on the budget committee each year, and it, it, it hampered us there for a few years trying to uh, make it work, and uh, so now that's changed. So I appreciate and applaud the commission for doing that. It, it seems like we don't get finished with one budget until we start another one. So we start in January with the commission. We set a uh, draft calendar of how we're going to operate. My first thing is start working with the department heads on a five-year plan. Uh, we started a five-year plan back in 2015 and 2016 after I came to office that we update on a day-to-day -day basis. We have the departments trying to look at in the future as to what their needs are going to be, both 
employees, capital buildings, whatever it might be. And so we start with that. They start working on that and use the October, November of each year to have it ready for me in, in February. Then once we're done with capital projects, capital plan, five-year plan, then we start working on the individual budgets. I sent out a notice to each one of those department heads in February uh, there to have those turned in by the end of March. And we also notify the other elected officials that they have their budgets turned in then by the middle of April for us to be able to put together drafts and meet with those folks and get you a draft budget usually by the 1st of May. And so as a committee, and as you said, I serve on the committee, the budget committee, and I actually was elected chairman of the budget committee this year. Our first time, the first time we met was in April. Right. We elected those officers as uh, chairman, vice chairman. Vice chair uh, Jim Martin, or actually Mike Atwood. Mike Atwood. I'm sorry. It's Mike Atwood. And um, <clears throat> our secretary, we elected secretary, but Miss Debbie Francis serves as our secretary, so she does a good job keeping up with the, the recommendations or the, the motions we make as a committee. Last year's fiscal year budget was roughly for the county $174 million Correct. for every fund that we have. Schools, roads, all of them put together. So we will talk about this year, and, and, and Mr. Pierce, that's kind of where you come in as well as assessor property. We know we got to have funding to right. pay for services. Right. And roughly 30% of our funding is property tax. And right. you're the sole office that's responsible for right. assessing those property taxes. So if you don't mind, tell us what your staff does uh, to assess those properties and how much our revenue has grown over the last few years based on your assessments. Okay. I mean, the big thing is we track permits of new construction. Uh, all the cities now have a permitting process. The county, we, we have a, a permitting process here in the county, obviously, and we we can have access to their database. Uh, we track those permits, track the properties, new construction. We send a field staff all. We've got a great field staff now that goes out and, and daily is working out in the communities, uh, measuring and listing new uh, new construction projects and, and things as they finish for the commercial or residential, uh, classifying those either in, in, appropriately and uh, adding those to the tax roll, obviously. We review by reappraisal plan. Uh, by standards, we review 25% of the county a year, which is about 10,000 parcels. Uh, so we go out and do that daily, looking for corrections of of errors or additions that may have been made that maybe slipped through the permit process or maybe years ago it never had been put on the tax roll, which we have that some. Uh, so we add those. Uh, the growth has been, as we as we all know, the growth in building has been pretty good last several years. Uh, you know, this year uh, we're talking about a million dollars, a million, little over a million dollars in growth in uh, property tax revenue uh, across the board. Uh, which is still pretty strong because there's there's some factors there that uh, that make it harder because some ratio study uh, things that state uh, we're under by state law, so it makes it a little harder. And as you stated in our previous budget committee, our penny grew almost four thousand dollars from last year to this year. Right, and that, and that's about a million dollars across the board for general fund. It's going to be about three hundred sixty three thousand, which a lot of our right. expenses, uh, general operations, come from our general fund. Let's talk about. How many parcels have you increased okay. from last year to this year? Okay. And then how many appraisers do you have roughly assessing those parcels, those new parcels? Okay. We've got five guys, one of those being a supervisor, that, that works in the field every day. You pretty much have to de- dedicate two people daily to the review cycle because we have to hit it quarterly marks on it. We have to turn quarterly reports into the comptroller's office that we're following our 
reappraisal plan, looking for errors, uh, looking for additions or, or things need to be removed. Uh, we've increased about 361 parcels since last year. So that means, you know, land has been bought maybe or, or maybe a person already owned it and they've split up the properties, adding parcel to us, which as those add work, each, each parcel adds some work to everything we do. So, uh, but our staff is, uh, uh, the other guys uh, are going out also doing, looking at new construction. You know, and part of our work is, I say some days it's 50 50 far as field inside work. We have, our guys work, do a lot of computer work, uh, do, do research on making sure we're hitting the right values, comparables, uh, things like that. Someone calls in or walks in the office, thinks there's too high, we go out and look at those too. So, uh, and sometimes it's 80 20, depends on uh, what we have going at the time of, of how much they stay in the office or how much they're out. We've asked them. Uh, when you're out and we've got field work to do, be out from nine to three and we have a supervisor at schedules of work each day. So, and they, they're responding very well. And your staff's capturing the real property values in our County. You have staff inside your office that's capturing the personal property that right. comes in from the businesses that we have right. in the County. They send the personal property tax returns. The third component of the penny is the public utilities or the office of state assessed properties mm-hmm. that, that the state handles. So our penny value is is three components: real property, personal property, and public utilities. And we always hope those numbers continue to grow because that revenue grows, and that sure. way we can provide more services. Uh, fortunately, since you've been in office uh, since 2014, our penny's grown more than fifteen, almost twenty thousand dollars, really. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of work done by your office appraising and those people inside capturing those personal property taxes. Those are due March first. Is that? That's the right. personal That's property right. exactly. returns. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get the Office of State Assessed Property information usually in the first part of the year. Yes. Um, yeah, February, be, I believe. They'll certify those roles in September, October, and then we'll get the numbers later on after that. Yes. Right. So those three components are important to this county. Um, tell me about the personal property process if you don't care as far okay. as a new business would come in, okay. what they would have to do. A uh, new business, of course, new business would get a county business license, and they will uh, – uh, share those with us the county does obviously Wayne neighbor's office uh, and then we put those in we send them usually send them a letter they'll get a schedule we call it in january and it will be they will list any of their equipment used for their business and they turn that back in in march by march one um and they pay you know you basically pay tax on what it costs to do business it's assessed at a 30 percent level instead of uh, 40 is commercial property is mm-hmm. so it's a little bit different but it's it, it's a big thing it's a little over 300 million dollars about 380 million dollars uh, appraisal total for our county and, and total appraisals so it's, it's a big part of what we do and real property is assessed at 25 percent right and and the, and the public commercial. utilities are at 55 right. and the commercials at 40 right yeah. so okay putnam county budget how to make it fit that's trending with county mayor randy porter and assessor property steve pierce Putnam County's budget will be roughly $180 million or so in the new fiscal year, fiscal year 2019-2020. Trending today, how to get to that number with Randy Porter and Steve Pierce. They have joined me today. We finished the last segment talking about the assessed property, real property, personal property, and public utilities in our county, which makes up our penny value, and that generates property tax revenue. Something happened last year in the legislature. Mr. Porter, if you don't care, discuss that law change that happened last year and how it affected us this year. Well, state legislature changed the way that public utilities were assessed and, and dropped the percentage of, of the assessment. That may not hurt uh, the state when it comes to, to their revenue, but it, but it sure did the counties. And uh, we had to look at that, Steve and I did, uh, once that law was passed. It, it gets a little bit uh, aggravating sometimes. You see the state building up uh, – 
millions and millions and millions of dollars in a rainy day fund. I think that over a billion dollars now. Uh, but some of those things that they've done at the, at the state makes it hard on the uh, counties, and we have to pick up and and sometimes have to increase taxes or, or cut expenditures to be able to uh, to stay up. So uh, when they cut those, uh, the percentage of the uh, public utility, Steve, that, that decreased the amount of revenue that the county's going to be bringing in. Sure. We, uh, we, last year, I think our assessment, or previous to that bill, our assessment for public utilities is about $71 million. Well, last year, uh, which is, we're kind of year behind, and in, in that role is certified not till September, so it was down to $68 million, so we really lost about $4 million in assessment level, which which does generate in some tax dollars lost. Mm-hmm. I think it, you and I calculated it was around $300,000 yeah. in tax dollars we lost last year uh, because of that bill. Uh, so and when and when you st- when you look at that, you look at the cutting out the hall income tax. Uh, they've done several things that that have affected the county's revenues. Where we have to look at trying to make those revenues up somewhere else. And the bad thing about the county is, is not a lot of places that the commission uh, can do that. It's either property taxes, wheel tax, uh, and there's not not a whole lot else. So uh, it's it's frustrating sometimes to to have those uh, those revenues cut uh, the word that we have to start uh, looking for other ways to be able to fill them. We often hear about unfunded mandates that the state have put to the counties. Mm-hmm. This, in, actually, in actuality, was a defunding mandate. Yes. They reduced sure. our funding. And that they were trying to substitute telecommunications tax uh, a new revenue stream that was coming in for uh, just two more years, I think we'll get it, to make up for the difference, but it's not going to make up. It lowers our penny value. Right. We, we can't capture it in a penny rate anymore. It, it's right. the sales tax, and they're gone after the, the five-year period, I think. So. That's right. And they're giving us the telecommunications tax. That's a fair statement that for the next two or three years we were getting some extra money. If they would make that permanent, uh, that would help us, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. And, and it's kind of – kind of disheartening when you have a, a big uh, telecommunications lobbyist in Nashville that was pushing that to get that passed. Uh, um, you know, uh, it hurts the locals, uh, and we have to come up with revenue from somewhere else. So we haven't completed the fiscal year 1920 budget. As we said, end of July is the, the goal for the commission, and, and before it gets to the county commission, the budget committee will recommend budgets to the county commission, and county commission will vote, 24 members will vote to pass or um, – Reject the recommended budget from the budget committee. Continue with property tax, uh, 30% roughly in general fund was allocated for uh, revenue, and that was uh, $13,700,000 last year. We Mm -hmm. actually are collecting a little bit more because we're conservative. Right. We budget our revenues conservatively. We overestimate our expenditures just because we don't want to get into a a situation where we're using our fund balance. And, And when I say fund balance, that's like our savings. That's our that's our cash that's sitting there in the bank that we have access to. Uh, let's talk about some other revenue streams in general fund, and then we will try to get into some other revenue streams for other funds. But we and and Randy he puts together the revenue analysis for the budget committee and does a good job. And he'll he'll start at the end of April with a budget committee and then give us updates throughout May and June. Let's talk about some other revenue that funds that general fund budget. Well. When it comes to county general, where most of your departments and elected officials' offices are, it's the main budget for uh, for the county. Um, you have about 117 different revenue line items that that make up that uh, that revenue stream from 
some local option sales tax, uh, litigation tax, business tax, bank excise tax. And then you get into some of the departments and our fee offices. Each one of our elected officials, fee offices, uh, county clerk, circuit court clerk, register deeds, uh, trustee's office, all these people bring in, bring in revenue. And you have your court systems where the fines and fees that come off of the, the court systems at the Justice Center. You have your building permits where people are building new homes, and, and it's been booming. We've been in a residential construction boom for the last four and a half years. Uh, when I came into office in 2014, we started keeping stats uh, that January of 2015. In the last four and a half years, we've constructed over 800 new homes out in the rural part of the county. That does not include all good Monterey and Baxter and Cookville, mm-hmm. what's going on inside those cities. That's out in the rural part of the county. It's a growth spurt we have not seen before. So you get a lot of the uh, extra revenue coming from from the permit system. You also got things like the uh, jail prisoners where we house state prisoners uh, for the state. They pay us 39-something a day for housing those. We get those. We got the commissary where we sell things, uh, extra items to the jail inmates. You have the phone system over there where they're allowed to make phone calls coming in. You have uh, all kinds of fees coming from the from the other offices uh, when it comes to um, grants, uh, reimbursements from the state, uh, sale of equipment. We get a state revenue sharing that comes from TVA and the telecos. Um, EMS revenue, where the ambulances transport people, that's a fee-based service where that we collect a fee normally paid by Medicare, TenCare, one of the insurance companies. Um, that attributes for over $4 million a year in our revenue. The EMS is very close to being self-supportive. So you've got a Duke's mixture of uh, 117 different revenue line items coming into County General. The problem with those most of those revenue line items is we have no control over them. It's not like property tax where the county goes and sets a rate and says, okay, here's what we're going to charge. These are all revenue line items that are dependent upon the economy. Uh, sometimes it's dependent upon the number of people in jail, the number of people that are filing lawsuits, uh, the number of people that are registering new cars, uh, getting married, all kinds of fees that are coming into the county bin. And it, uh, so they're basically uncontrollable. We just have to guess from year to year as to what those revenues are going to be. I'm glad you mentioned the the new construction the last four years. Steve, tell us the process. How did your office learn about those new homes being built in the county? Well, as, as I mentioned earlier, we track those permits. We take those permits, and we have one person in the office, and that's their job. It's first of the month. We'll look at our permits. We get emails from the cities on you know a summary of their permits, and we go in the county database. We add those to each record card with a review reminder on them we can pull reports through our system and it shows us you know they're divided in uh, new home construction new remodel or commercial construction and then the guys go out we have our, our field appraisers separating geographical areas they're responsible for their area to get to know their area uh, learn their area learn the pricing learn the people and learn the builders and they go out in their areas and they look for these these projects and see and they put down a percentage where you know how far are we along are we 50 percent well we need to come back in in a couple months and, and look again so it kind of gives us a timeline and that's how we, we find them. When they're finished, completed, uh, ready to move in, be used, then we'll add them to measure them and add them tax roll using our appraisal system there in office. Uh, so, but tracking those permits is, is huge. A lot of counties around us don't have a permitting process and the cities don't. So they basically drive around looking for new construction where we, we have, it's a big benefit to us, obviously, to have that to where we can, we can find them and track them. So 
So, and Randy mentioned the property tax line item, and, and we're thankful that our fee offices capture revenue when they can. Absolutely. Because it does help supplement the budget. It helps sure. fund certain things, but there's no way they can capture enough revenue to pay for everything we provide as a county with public safety, fire, EMS, sheriff's office, jail, uh, other services we provide, uh, parks and rec. We're thankful for those fees. It just cannot get to where we need it to be. So therefore, we utilize property tax. Right. And as you mentioned, the county commission, that's the only revenue source the commission has complete control over and funding uh, without a petition from the people, uh, without going through a private act through the state legislature, uh, without having to send it to a referendum, without a petition, such as a sales tax. And of course, we're capped on sales tax. Our right. local option sales tax is 2.75%. But sales tax process does require a referendum. The property tax revenue source uh, simply is we take the value of the penny that uh, Steve's office generates from assessments, and we look at how much that's bringing in, and then we got to figure out how many requests our officials are looking for. We'll get into that in the next segment of how much requests we were looking at from the departments, especially in the general fund, because the general fund is where we find the public safety side. Uh, all of our fee offices, their operations, most of our personnel is out of the general fund. Um, employees, yes. We have solid waste as a separate fund, parks and recs, separate fund, indus- industrial economic development. That's a separate fund, and that's a very important fund for us because we have a few cents going in there that enables us to recruit businesses, uh, and able to, I, th- I believe a couple years ago we bought some uh, land through we that did. fund. So we have property tax generating in several funds throughout the county, schools, of course, uh, and highway. But the property tax revenue is important for the people to know that's the only source that the commission has control over. That's right. And so when we get into the next segment, we will discuss those the department requests and how we're going to fund those if they are approved. With Randy Porter and Steve Pierce, as we go inside the Putnam County budget for 2019-2020. How the budget process works, the challenges of growing needs. How we discussed with Mr. Porter and Mr. Pierce revenue, and now we're going to get into the department request, the expense side for uh, the fiscal year 1920 Putnam County budget. This is trending with Ben Rogers, Randy Porter, and Steve Pierce. So we've talked about funding, our revenue sources, property tax being a big part of that. We've not touched on sales tax a, a lot. We'll get into that later on about how that funding is important to us and what we utilize it for. Let's talk about the general fund. And we mentioned the general fund is where a lot of our services are provided for. You have uh, all the, the fee offices, county clerk, registered deeds, trustees, the clerks of court, which is circuit court clerk, clerk and master. And you have the assessor properties office. In our general fund budget, Randy, what have you seen this year, this next year, as, as needs or department requests that has increased the budget? We have saw this year – the largest request for additional expenditures that I've seen since I've been in office. Uh, of course, we're a growing county. We're in a booming process right now. So, you got all the new construction going on. You got all these multinational companies coming in. We brought in almost 4,000 new jobs in the last four years. Uh, so, our county's growing. So, we've got to keep expanding our services. We need more ambulances, more fire trucks, more patrol cars, all the many things that, that we service our citizens with. One thing we saw this year is uh, a big increase in employees, uh, about 22. Uh, county buildings is asking for a new vehicle mechanic. Uh, county clerk's office is op- asking for a deputy clerk. 
sheriff's departments asking for five new SROs, a new deputy, a new evidence technician, a new investigator, uh, four new corrections officers, uh, fire departments asking for three more full-time firefighters, ambulance service, a new training coordinator, uh, solid waste, a new truck driver to keep up with the increase we saw in, in solid waste and garbage, parks and rec for a new custodial worker. So there's about 22 new employees uh, included in the request from all the elected officials and department heads, which is probably the most I've seen in several years. Uh, I think it has a lot to do, though, with uh, with what we're seeing in the increase in population and the building boom and the construction and the uh, new jobs, new businesses coming to Putnam County. Part of those requests uh, is a little over $4 million in general fund. Yeah, and you kind of break that down into just a few departments, and most of them are the emergency service departments. Um, which we have jail overcrowding uh, that's been a problem in Putnam County for many years, and the sheriff's addressing that with a jail study that we've been going through for the last year, and hopefully there'll be something coming to the commission uh, in the next few months on that. There's like a 1.1 million request uh, increase in the jail. Sheriff's asking for about 900,000 increase. EMS, our ambulance service, asking for about 439,000 increase. Commissary for the inmates is about 205,000 increase. Fire department's asking for over 100. Uh, one thing also in this year's uh, budget, uh, we had an increase on our health insurance. We have a contract with Blue Cross and Blue Shield that we bid out every so many years. Um, it went up this year almost 6%. County Commission agreed to pay the employee share on that. And so you've got about $670,000 increase in employee benefits in county general, which when you add all that together, comes up with about a $4 million increase over what we budgeted last year. And we discussed the only revenue that commission has control over is property tax, and that would equal around $0.24 cents, uh, increase in the general fund to fund all those requests. The other options of revenue we could look at as a commission would be something we don't have as a wheel tax, but there's a process for that. And there's three ways to, to get a wheel tax enacted in the county. And the first one is two consecutive readings, which means two two readings at each uh, back-to-back months of the full commission voted by two-thirds vote. Then the people have 30 days to sign a petition. And if 10% of those people uh, were registered in the last gubernatorial election, signed the petition, the election administrator certifies that petition is is good, then that would go to a referendum for right. the people of the county to vote on a will tax. The second is simply the county commission, by a simple majority vote, send it straight to the referendum. Mm-hmm. The third is ask the legislature to uh, approve a private act, and that's rare because the legislators, uh, they want to – the legislative body, the local legislative body, the county commission, to be responsible right. for funding the services in the county and not put it on them, which is, which is understandable. We tried that, I believe, 11 years ago. I think it's been tried three times, I know of, in my history in, in county government, uh, passed by the commissions, but then overturned in a referendum once the citizens voted on it. So that's a, it's not been very popular in the past. We're one of the few counties, though, in our region that does not have a wheel tax. Um, there's pros and cons. I hear both sides of the argument. Uh, it's a revenue stream just like anything else is. I think there comes a time that uh, you can only put so much on the property tax 
the landowners in the county. They're the ones that always get hit. Um, so a lot of those people are for the wheel tax, but then you have other people that may not own property that live in apartments or rent uh, that are not for it. So it's a, it's kind of a Duke's mixture. I think there's around 75,000 registered vehicles in the county. I think that's uh, correct. Somewhere, give or take a 1,000. If you did a $25 wheel tax, you're looking at about a $1.9 million dollar revenue generation for the county. But there's a process. And, and if you do the first option, which you pass it two-thirds vote at two consecutive meetings, it doesn't get petitioned. Then it's enacted as, as soon as that 30 days is over. Send the information to the state. The state will get with the county clerk about the process of issuing wheel tax. And you start collecting. Uh, property tax increase, you start collecting in October. That's when property taxes are available to pay, October 1st, and that goes through the end of February. So you have five months there to pay your property taxes. But that seems like the most likely option if a wheel tax cannot get enacted. Right now, other than those two, sales tax is maxed out. There's a third option. Let's let's talk about the third option. third option is to make cuts and not fund some of the requests. You have to look. It's just like having a budget at home. We have a certain amount of revenue that we bring in, and you know what that revenue is on a monthly basis, and you know what your bills are, and and so it comes to living in your means sometimes. When you look at county general, we've done really well over the last five years. County general has increased about 5% each year over the last five years for 25% increase over that period, which is, is, is pretty large. Having to do with that growth that we're seeing in the county, with the county growing, We've been this growth spurt for several years now. I don't know how much longer it lasts, but it's still going strong right now with us setting records with construction, sales tax collections, hotel-motel tax collections. But sometimes, I mean, we have to live within our means. And so do you look at this budget and say everyone that's asked for everything that they asked for, do they absolutely have to have it this year? I think there are some of those requests that we need to look at strongly that I think we do need to fund, that I think we have to. I think there's some of those requests, though, that, that could be cut and maybe put off for another year or or work something else out. So I just I like for the county to try to live in its means and not uh, not overtax the people, uh, but at the same time provide the services that the people expect. Uh, one thing about the property tax that I was looking at newspaper articles, post a lot of old pictures, historical pictures of, of Putnam County for the last few years. I was reading a newspaper article from 1969. It was from the, what back then uh, was the old Herald, the Putnam Herald, before they merged. And the county commission had just set the tax rate in Putnam County at $2.75. Our tax rate now is $2.73. So we're basically the same tax rate on property taxes and property in Putnam County as we were back in the late 60s. Now, the values, Steve, have sure. have increased sure. over the years. Our property values have went up. All Everybody's home is worth more now than it was back then, for sure. 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 But the property taxes have remained very low in Putnam County, and I'm proud that we've been able to do that. Um, but as we continue to grow, I don't know how much longer in the future we can do that when you're looking at building a jail addition and a new school in addition to the Justice Center and all the many other things that we need to do. So just to recap, you know, $4 million increase in the general fund budget for fiscal year 1920, three options basically we discussed. Increase property tax to fund those. Find a new revenue source, which will tax is about the only option we have since sales tax is capped out. Or reduce those expenditures. And that's part of the budget committee process. 
the budget committee's tasked with going through each budget from each office to figure out what can be sustained by the county and what can the taxpayer afford and what can our other revenue sources cover. At this point in the process, the budget committee process, and as I mentioned, I'm chairman, so we've met, uh, I guess, five times now, and we have met with the three departments you mentioned in the general fund that, that have the biggest request, which is the sheriff's office, including his office in the jail, our, our uh, EMS, emergency medical, medical services, and then our fire department. We met with the fire department most recently. We discussed with them, and they've been very uh, – they, they did a great job in their presentations, and they have – they had feedback for our questions. They answered our questions. It's now the budget committee's duty to figure out, can we afford to give them every request they have? And so we'll meet next with the schools, uh, or actually highway department, then the school system, and we'll talk about that in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but we have challenges. We do. Ahead. And you said since you've been in and we came in together, this is the toughest budget year we faced. So we have options, but – we have to be um, good stewards of the money ex- and diligent. That's exactly yes. right. So we are trending today. Revenues and expenses getting the Putnam County budget in balance. We continue next with Randy Porter and Steve Pierce. How the budget process works, the challenges of growing needs, how capital projects play into the discussion. Trending the Putnam County budget. This has been Rogers with County Mayor Randy Porter and Assessor Property Steve Pierce. Let's talk about capital projects. We, as a commission, have been successful, and you, as a county executive in your office, have done a really good job since 2014 paying cash for capital projects instead of financing those. And and as I mentioned, I consult with 13 counties, and some of my counties, uh, well, all of them are smaller than Putnam, but they have to finance a, a capital outlay note to pay for free patrol cars or to pay for a fire truck or to pay for a remount on the ambulance uh, ambulance vehicle or a new ambulance. They have to finance those. We have not had to do that. And a big part of that is, is having a capital projects fund that has two cents on the property tax rate going into it, which is roughly $325,000 or so. Uh, and also we've used excess sales tax revenue. Randy, if you don't care, talk about the capital projects we've been able to achieve over the last four years. And and because a lot of people may not realize that the county commission is responsible for paying for some of those, and they may not they may be driving down the road and say, "Oh, that building looks great. I wonder, or that roof looks great. How did that get paid for?" Explain explain if you don't care how many we've actually uh, paid for the last five years. Well, starting after we came in office, Ben, we, we started looking at county buildings. I did a uh, bid out for a engineer to go and they they reviewed every one of our county buildings to see where we were at on roofs and hvac systems and so forth uh in the past uh, four years we spent about 14 million dollars in capital projects one thing that the county is responsible for that may not be that way in other counties uh, we're responsible for the roofs on all the school buildings and all the rest of the county buildings. So once we did that review of our buildings, one thing that stuck out was is that we need to do some major uh, renovations and replacements on a lot of our county buildings that had been put back on the back burner and not done for a long time. We had about $13 million worth of roofs that needed to be replaced. Uh, in the last four years, we've replaced the Baxter Cornerstone, Hot Plains Academy, Sycamore School, Northeast School, Baxter Elementary School, the admin building uh, for schools, the county clerk's building, maintenance and codes, library. I can keep going on with uh, with building roofs that we have done. We still have to do Cane Creek, Avery Trace, and Cooper High School. 
those are three large ones. With the Cool High School's roof alone being $3.5 million, uh, we have those uh, set in the capital projects budget for this upcoming year and the next year to try to get those replaced. So there's $13 million just in roofs that we've had to do. It doesn't stop there, though, with the with the boom that our county's seen. We've had to we replaced three fire trucks, rescue vehicles. Uh, we had six garbage trucks that, that have had to be replaced over the last four years, multiple other smaller departmental vehicles, uh, extrication and turnout gear for our fire and rescue people, the breathing apparatuses that the fire department uses to go into homes, replaced lights and renovated a lot of our sports facilities and ball fields. We've had to replace all the computers and network in the county. We put air conditioning in all good and cane creek gyms that did not have air conditioning in them for whatever reason when they were built, uh, having graduations and so forth in those schools, very hot, uh, trying to have events. Placed the HVAC at the courthouse and multiple other buildings, replacing all the solid waste equipment at our convenience sites. We've done renovations to the jail and the library and ag building and other buildings. It just goes on and on and on. About $14 million. The key to that is, is we were able to pay cash for it. We didn't have to borrow money on any of that. Thanks to sales tax revenue coming in really good. Uh, most of our sales tax revenue, over half of it goes to schools. I think we said something like 70% or so goes to schools. Part of that's by state law mm-hmm. with a half. Uh, but the rest of it goes to debt service. And uh, we've had great uh, uh, great revenue coming in. Sales tax has been hitting a record almost every year since I came and you and I came into office in 2014. I don't know how much longer it lasts, but so far it keeps trucking. So we've been able to move that money into capital projects and fund all these projects without having to borrow any money. And I think that's great. And some may ask, why does the county commission, why are they responsible for paying for school roofs? And that's something that happened back in the 1980s. The county commission passed a resolution stating they wanted responsibility for all county roofs, including the schools. It's a very unique situation in Putnam County. I don't have a county in the Upper Cumberland that the commission, general fund, or capital project fund pays for school roofs. In Putnam County, we do. And that's fine. We are helping them. We want to help them any way we can. And then the sales tax money that stays in the debt service, most of our debt is school-related. It is, 95%. We've got, you know, we a couple, three new schools in the last few years. So Mm -hmm. we have um, really used our sales tax money wisely to to assist not only our our county but the school system as well and we continue to hope to do that and hopefully in three years as you said those capital projects those big capital projects will be paid for right and we won't have to worry for 10 or 15 years then we can focus our sales tax revenue and hopefully it will stay where it's at now or continue to grow we've been very blessed to have the revenue we come in with sales tax over the last few years absolutely we can divert that money and or actually keep it in, in debt service uh, to pay for n- new projects such as maybe a jail or n- another school or whatever the county's needs are capital project-wise. And, um, that of course, the bigger ones have to be financed, and that's where the debt service comes in. That pays principal and interest. Well, we've done great, as you know, uh, applaud the county commissioners for refinancing some of the bonds uh, that we had. We've saved over $11 million in finance and in, in interest over the last few years. When we came into office in 2014, Putnam County was $237 million in debt. Uh, today we're $160 million. That's We cut a huge chunk, $77 million 
of debt off. And we did that by two ways, refinancing some of those bonds and not issuing any new debt Mm -hmm. in the last five years, which has been great. I don't know how long that will continue. We know we've got upcoming projects with new school, jail, all kinds of things that we'll probably have to issue some bonds. But at least we got that debt ratio down to a manageable uh, place and and freed up. Uh, hopefully, without the capital projects, we'll free up enough money that we can do some of those projects without having to raise taxes. And we try to maintain around a million dollars in our fund balance for capital projects. And the reason is, is we don't know what could happen throughout the year. Remember, we had the ice storm back in 2015. Uh, you have some kind of natural disaster come through, and instead of having to borrow that money, absolutely, and wait for FEMA to reimburse us if they if they can, which is a long process, two to three years. Yes. and so we can pay cash for those and get working right away to fix those issues for infrastructure if we've had something happen. So it's important to keep a million dollars there that we have. And, and speaking of fund balances. Uh, we started our general fund balance this year around $16 million. Yes. And and before we close out, I want to mention the budget process, continue that, because part of the budget process is amendments. It is. And we do amendments throughout the year, and that's normal for a county to do that. We've But we've hit the amendments uh, harder this year than we have in the past, well, over a million dollars, and part of that's a new jail medical contract. And mm-hmm. also we've uh, to pay for uh, the study to start the jail process, and then – We've had some other things hit with uh, buying a piece of property. For a parking lot for overflow for the Justice Center, that's one thing. Justice Center was built downtown right next to the courthouse back in the early 90s. And last year alone, over 90,000 people went through the Justice Center. I'm not talking about the jail. I'm talking about the Justice Center where the courts are, circuit court clerk's office, uh, Linda Reader's office. That's a lot of people going through, and there's got to be a place to park. And so we bought a parking lot for a good price. It's right across from the uh, parking lot that's there now, and we're uh, in the process of making it a new parking lot, adding about 55 new spaces. So those things hit us in the middle of the year, about a million dollars worth. But because we had done really good over the last four years of building up our fund balances, so you know we came into office, we had less than $10 million in county general fund balance, and this year it was $16 million. So well, the department heads and elected officials have all worked great as a team uh, to save money, uh, do the best they can, and we've been able to fill, build that fund balance. So when you have those things hit, you pay cash. You don't have to go borrow the money. And we hope to end this month, this year, fiscal year, with around $15 million in fund balance and general fund. That would be a good starting point uh, for next year. The Office of State Local Finance uh, likes for counties to have at least 20 to 25% of total expenditures in the mm-hmm. fund balance, we've been around 35%, which I think is really good for, for all the operations and services we provide. But we strive, and we're striving to maintain a good, healthy fund balance, and it's important we do that. So the other funds we have in the county, uh, Parks and Rec and uh, Economic Development, those fund balances are healthy as well. The only one right now we know we're concerned about that you and I work with on a daily basis would be our general fund, and maintaining a good, healthy fund balance. And that might mean we cut, like you said, some expenses that's been requested or increase some kind of revenue because we don't want a disaster to hit us and not be able to take care of it right away. That That's the perfect example. We had the ice storm, historic ice storm hit Putnam County, a third of our county basically paralyzed for, for weeks. We did not have to borrow any money. We spent almost a couple million dollars addressing that ice storm and the cleanup and everything afterwards. 
most of the other places I know of, other cities and counties, had to go borrow money to be able to do that. Exactly. And and some of them uh, just got reimbursed last year. That was three years removed yeah. from the ice storm. So as we continue the trending show going forward, we will discuss more budget uh, issues coming up next week and have some others on to discuss those. Randy and Steve, thanks for joining us. I appreciate your time. You do a great job for our county. Both of your offices and your staff do. We couldn't do what we do without y'all. Uh, I appreciate it. Appreciate you being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. I'm Ben Rogers in the Putnam County Budget, and that's trending.